0: Hit me.
1: From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Suckatash. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster... Yeah. Mark Herschel. Mark, Percia. Mark. Percia. Mark. Percia. Mark.
2: Yes, friend, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and freestanding lamppost for Epi 149 of Suckatash. Just one more installment before we hit Epi 150, which is likely to coincide with our sixth year of quality soundcasting. This is an episode of Suckatash Clips, by the way, coming at you the way this show started way back when, by featuring a gaggle of comedy soundcast clips. But before we jump into the clippage... I wanted to share the most recent reviews we've received on iTunes. Now, normally I'm begging you to help us spread the Succotash word with a five-star rating and a short blurb about how wonderful the show is and how it's made you a better person. Well, we just got a couple of fresh ones. So I thought I'd thank these folks and let you hear what they had to say. Sort of as an example of how easy this process can be. All right. The first one is from our old friend, Sabrina Miller host of the Changes in Latitude soundcast. Back when Succotash started in 2011, she was Charlie Miller, and he told me that listening to this show was one of the things that got him into becoming a soundcaster himself. Now, here's what she had to say after plunking down five stars. Quote, Mark, Joe, Kenny, and Bill are unsung heroes in the podcast world. If you're not listening to this podcast, then just go home. <laughs> One of the things I love about this show is that every episode has something familiar—Mark, Bill, and Henderson's pants—and then has something different. All the comedy clips. I still love this show even after it reached 100 episodes. Keep up the great work, Suckatash. Unquote. Well, thank you, Sabrina. See that? So, even when you've been listening since way back when, and even if you've reviewed us before, we'd love to have you sound off and speak up again. Thanks, Charlie or Sabrina, and as we've not clipped your show recently, let's do that right now. This is a few minutes from last October, Changes in Latitude Epi 108, which marks Sabrina's second year with the show. Before that, as Charlie, he had a show called The Random Variety Show. I grabbed this clip from when Sabrina was talking about having gone back to listening to her own show from the beginning.
3: Uh, I'm behind on my listening, my podcast listening, the podcasts that I choose to listen to. And I prefer to go in sequence because that's just me. So I'm backlogged to about a year and oh, about a year and a half now, and kind of seems to be consistent for those playing at home. Seem to be about a year and a half, maybe a little more than a year and a half behind. And you know what? That's just life. But in that mix is my show as well. So I'm I'm like on episode, I don't know, nineteen or something, eighteen, something like that but maybe maybe not even that far. I, I don't even remember, to be quite honest. In the teens is what I do remember. And in listening to me share whatever I'm sharing those previous episodes, I am now the listener because it has been so long since I put the show together. So yes, I hear the obvious things that I've changed, you know, quality, style, timing of music, choice of music, volume levels of music, all those things that you, you learn and get better through time. That's just the learning curve of podcasting. But once I overlook that, the meat and potatoes of the, of the words that I'm sharing just as much as they've affected you, they've affected me as well, folks. So it's really strange to now become the listener of the show as well as the producer of the show. I mean, that's just a weird, weird, uh, time circle. You know, it's like being caught in a, in a time travel circle where you're like, like, like the movie groundhog day where you're, you're doomed to repeat the same day over and over and over again. Although not that nightmarish, you know, it's just now I'm going back and I'm listening to him with almost fresh ears and I hear something that's like, oh yeah, I did say that, you know, and sometimes I'd be like, oh, did I leave that in the show? I didn't mean to. Oh, well, you know, I'm just going to move on with the show because that's what I do. And so experiencing it from a new listener's ear, basically, is wonderful because Just recently, in in the month of September, I got a couple new listeners that have reached out to me. And they're binge listeners. They're binging through. They're going to the beginning and coming on through to the two current episodes. And hearing their feedback about the show is as refreshing as it is in listening
2: to the show myself. That was a little sample from Changes in Latitudes, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, and from Sabrina's home site, changesinlatitude.blogspot.com. Then this past week, we also received this short and sweet tribute from a soundcast that I've mentioned on splitsider.com before in a review, but we've never yet featured here on the show. Five stars and, quote, great podcast from top podders. Keep up the good work, unquote. That's from Night and Day. It's a fun comedy narrative of a soundcast, and it goes a little something like this.
0: you come to save me. I was under the impression you were a, a real wuss, a, witty, a, a a wimp, a weight of human breath. I was, but not any more. Now I can summon the strength of Almighty Gary. Shakira, Shakira, I love you. I have since the moment I heard you laugh. Uh, laugh? Uh, my laugh? I see you more as a brother, Gary. Oh, really. Right you are. But, but I still want to live with you and raise this child as yours and occasionally engage in intercourse. But only if you scrub my corns on a Tuesday. You've got a deal. I'll do it Thursdays too. Come on, let's get out of here quick. So fast, Gary. Don't you see, Gary? I didn't pick you at random. Gary, look around you. One day all of this will be yours. But why? What are you talking about, Dennis? Gary, my name's not Dennis. It's Nige. Gary, I'm your father. But I know my parents. You can't be my dad. You're evil. Pure evil. Gary. Your parents were just crudely dressed up tramps I employed to pretend to be your parents for the last 26 years. That does explain their love of tenants and poor personal hygiene. I don't know what to say. You could say I love you, Dad, and let's sell copious amounts of cocaine together. Dad? Call me Nige. I just want you to know one thing, Gary. I'm so proud of what you've become. I love you, Dad.
2: Come here. I'm not sure if this show, Night and Day by Bill Franmeister, even has its own home site at this point. You can find it on iTunes, and iTunes has a link to SoundCloud. I also know it's on the Laughable app. The first season's only six episodes, it just wrapped in February, and I am not sure if or when Night and Day will be back, but thanks for the review, guys. Look at that, clips, and we've barely even kicked off the show. Let's back up a minute. I wanted to tell you that I'm producing and appearing in a live show on Saturday night, April 1st. It's the April's Fool's show at the 142 Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley, California. It's going to be stand-up, sketch, and improv comedy, along with some spoken word performance, and even some Fool-based music. We've got a great lineup with people like Jeff Bolt, Larry Bubbles Brown, Al Cleethon, Debbie Durst, Michael Meehan, Judy Nihey, Michael O'Brien, and Dan Spencer, along with musical director Dave Cauldron. It all starts at 8 p.m., Tickets are 15 to $25 depending on whether you want reserved seats or not. For more information and details, click on over to throckmortontheater.org. There's also a clickable link on their uh, to their site on the blog entry for this show on our home site, sucateashow.com. Now, one name that wasn't on that lineup I just read was Will Durst, host of the Burst O Durst segment on this show. His wife, Debbie Durst, will be joining us, and she's one of the funniest improvisers I've ever worked with. But Will was originally booked on our April's Fool show, but then got a big paying corporate gig in Monterey the same night. Unfortunately for us, he's not going to be there. Fortunately, we do have a double dose of Durst for you this episode, and here's the first one right now.
4: Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about this whole Russian kerfluffle which threatens to be more potent than peppered vodka spiked with Siberian methamphetamine. Instead of luxuriating in the rave reviews following his speech to Congress that the president gave in his newly discovered indoor voice, the administration is reeling for more rolling disclosures that various members of his staff met with Russians during the campaign, the transition, and in their dreams. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III, meaning that there were two other guys named Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, which is frightening enough, recused himself from future investigations because investigating himself would look weird and be way too confusing. Turns out that when the Attorney General said under oath in his confirmation hearing that I didn't have any meetings with the Russians... What he meant to say was he didn't have any meetings with the Russians, except a couple that we really don't need to know about and should keep our noses out of his business, Damn it! The big question now is how high does the cover-up go? In other words, what did Trump know, and when did he know it? Or to put it another way, what didn't he know, and who knows he didn't know it? Or does he even know what he doesn't know is unknowable? And most importantly, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. (laughs) Trump insults everybody. The media, the judiciary, the intelligence community, Meryl Streep, Nordstrom. People prefer vinegar-based coleslaw, but never Vladimir Putin, which is as suspicious as an AK-47 in a crisper bin. Trump still refuses to admit it was the Russians that hacked the Democratic National Committee. Uh, maybe it was a four hundred pound fat guy on a couch. Hate to see Chris Christie get thrown under the bus like that. Can't be too good for the bus either. Sad for succotash the comedy soundcast soundcast. I'm will durst. <laughs>
2: One down, one to go, which we will get to before this episode is over. You can follow Will on Twitter, at Will Durst. He's been especially active with the orangutan currently seated in the White House. Here's the first of several clips this episode, harvested by our inimitable associate producer Tyson Saner. Tyson also co-hosts his own show now called The Antisocial Show. I think I mentioned it last episode. Along with Hunter Block, a loyal listener, and now... Soundcaster. I will toss a clip of their soundcast up a little later in this show, but for now, let's pull one of Tyson's finds out for you. The show is That's Deep Bro with Christina Pajitsky. If her name's familiar, she's a comedian. She's also the wife of another comedian, Tom Segura. Together, they host another soundcast called Your Mom's House. This clip is from That's Deep Bro, Epi 106, entitled Why Do I Keep Doing Things I Hate?
5: Okay, so let's get into um, a couple of topics from last week. I got this really funny email from a guy named John. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe I'll do this. I'll, I'll do it next week. Would you mind talking more about how absurd corporate speak is? and how it's running the way people communicate with each other. (laughs) I'm really hoping you wouldn't mind having a powwow to crystallize our thoughts and circle our wagons around illuminating the origins of this nonsense and hopefully find a way to be impactful in the fight to 86 this jargon from the English, English language. At the high school level, I have students referring to themselves as, quote, go-getters, spark plugs, self-starters, and other annoying titles. This is disturbing and has to stop. I am positive you have the right core competencies to get genuine buy-in from the bros. I am drinking the Kool-Aid and feel empowered by the thought of an episode around this. I feel like it will move the needle on the movement away from corporate speak. There are lots of moving parts, but if anyone can think outside the box and help get our ducks in a row, it's you. (laughs) Typing this email made me hate myself. (laughs) John. (laughs) Uh, That was so brilliant. I had to share that email because it was really fucking funny. Yeah, corporate speak, drilling down, putting a pin in it, circling back, circling wagons, being impactful. Um, And now alternative facts. Hmm, interesting. Um, It's all versions of mind control. It's all versions of um, Newspeak. I don't know if you've read a little book called 1984. George Orwell wrote it a long time ago. And he who controls language or she who controls language controls thought. When you control a thought, you control minds. When you control minds, you have the power. And that's why language is very um, powerful, impactful. <laughs> but it's very important. And there have been many a philosopher um, that have have dealt with this subject. I'm trying to think. I know Derrida was a big one about it. Even things like um, how we speak about things through, um, the word is called ocular centrism. There was a guy who wrote, Martin Jay wrote this book. About how language is structured to be, uh, how language is structured because of our because of the predominance of sight, because we use sight as our primary sense and not hearing, touch, sound. We say things like, "Ah, I see what you mean," you know, Um, and things like that. I can't remember all the examples, but you you know what I'm saying. I see what you mean, or you know, um, it looks like blah blah blah. And in doing so, his argument was that it skews whatever. It'll skew your appearance if it's based. It'll skew your your thinking because everything's sight-based. And if we had a dialogue that was based on other senses, it would open up our language and blah, 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 blah. But basically, who controls the language controls the mind. And which is really interesting that this comes up at a time where Donald Trump has just, Jesus Christ. I mean, it made my asshole pucker to see that guy... Um, come out and tell us that the numbers were skewed on who, who attended the inauguration, and um, <clears throat> that there are quote alternative facts, alternative facts, which are not facts at all. Alternative facts are often referred to as lies or disinformation, and the making up of words. It's just another way uh, to convey an alternate truth. <laughs> I mean, look, we've seen it in the 90s with political correctness. People tried to help marginalized groups by saying things like African-American or, you know, French-American, Hungarian-American, Korean-American, and I don't know that, and it did, I think it did help to some extent because people developed a sensitivity to People other than themselves and even now you know as much as we make fun of the non-binary pronoun stuff the zimzer um transgendered thinking all this this like uh fluidity of gender and this it's another way of just opening people's minds to to alternate realities to realities outside of their own uh, paradigm or whatever but it can also be used for evil <laughs> as we see as we see now not evil but also uh It can be used to create alternate realities.
2: (laughs) To catch more of That's Deep Bro, you can find Christina all over the place. The Laughable app, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. One of my favorite new soundcasts is Dumb People Town. I've already reviewed this thing a couple of times for both Splitsider and the Huffington Post. It features Jason and Randy Sklar, comedians probably best known in Soundcast land for their Sklar Bro country show, and Daniel Van Kirk, who hosts his own show called Hindsight and frequently appears on Doug Loves Movies as Mark Wahlberg. In Dumb People Town, they take one of the oldest tricks in the soundcasting book, reading news articles about assorted weirdos and the situations they get into, and just riff mercilessly, about and around them joining them here in a clip from their seventh episode is madman's john ham who is definitely up for this kind of monkey business
6: Beck, 45 an avid hunter old enough to know better yes (laughs) who most they put they put this in the article who most call bobby or bob to me that's him telling the reporter yeah, the my, the my name's and he wouldn't let No it go. one's going to
4: know who this is if you put Robert Beck in. He'd
6: the been bed. battling a head cold for the last few weeks. They were there to get some Gatorade and cough medicine. Sure. So the couple grabbed a cart and scissor. went for the first aisle. You do scissor. not need a cart. Did you just say scissor. Yep. Sc- <laughs> you do not need a cart for Gatorade and cough. No. no, you, no you, you absolutely they got don't. One anyway. You a lot of a to- lot of this story does not ring true <laughs> for three minutes. But three First minutes. First of all, they went visit. to a giant store <laughs> for cough syrup. Was it at the top of a beanstalk? Hey. <laughs> for three minutes into their visit, a loud bang followed by some shouts and screams. Quote: First, I thought, man. There's someone here with a frickin' gun, Beck said. Uh Turns out that guess was wrong. A deer had busted through the glass of the entrance door at the grocery store. It was shortly after 9 p.m. I don't know how those two things are supposed to be tied together. For a little while, all Beck heard was people shouting. But between the screams, he heard one man yell, Deer. (laughs) <laughs> he was like, like on alert. I would have the, thought the, that, funny, what's deer, going on? Deer!
4: Deer! <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a, a guy who played for the, for the Tigers, Rob Deer? Rob Deer. For the uh, Cubs? Bre- brewers. 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 Rob Deer was like 180 strikeouts and like 39 <laughs> home runs. <running>. It was <laughs> either, either out of the 20. park
6: yeah. or sitting down. Deer, <laughs> And he, was, he had a beautiful flowing wow. mullet. Oh, a blonde mullet like you've never seen. made oh, Steve Lobby. Balboni look like a good hitter. Bobby Beck the third Bones. He then caught a glimpse of a dough running towards the store's bakery section. By the way, Glimpse of a Dough, my favorite Prince record that was never uh, released. released. Where muffins never released. and donuts sit behind glass. In case also, anyone did not know what a bakery was the, 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 the first single.
7: Well, that was, yeah, Diamonds and, and was origi- <laughs> Diamonds and Pearls was originally <laughs> going to be Muffins and donuts. and donuts. And then it just it became give a different- you muffins and
6: donuts. I'm about to read you yeah. the quote. From Bobby Beck III. Mm-hmm. And based Long off this, Rob. we are going to know everything about him. Okay, let's see so, it. He saw the dough running towards a bakery mm-hmm. where the muffins and donuts sit behind glass. Mm-hmm. Quote, when I see it, it was game on. <laughs> he took this dough as a personal affront to his livelihood. That's right. And he is ready to go at it. It's dough. my turn. Beck later learned the deer had made it back into the vegetable and fruits, but ran back towards the front. When he spotted the dough, Beck grabbed her around the neck, made her do a U turn away from the bakery glass, not the muffins. No. It's a sa- a- anything. It's but a point the of pride. That's yeah. like he's like, I'm the last stand You ready here. to take a look at it? Are we in Western PA? Yeah, yes. we're in Western okay. PA. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is him. There's an obligatory guy in a camo coat, just for good measure. Look at him with the dough on the ground. Yeah, he's this got the all the legs out. This is a guy who now has too much confidence. That's a 300-pound animal. Yeah. I thought you were going to say man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and a deer. Dumb People Town is part of the Feral Audio Network and is available pretty much everywhere. All right. I said I was going to play a clip from Tyson Saner and Hunter Block's soundcast, the anti-social show. And here's something from their very latest episode.
8: I don't... Yeah, see, the funny thing is I don't drink wine, but I, I could... I just don't.
9: Well, you know what you got to do. Like wine is really um, an acquired taste. Like it's it's
8: mm-hmm.
9: you know, it's it's something that you have to to really get accustomed to because there's a lot of dry wine, there's a lot of like fruity wine, and there's mm-hmm. different types of wine, right?
8: I'll use it for cooking, certainly. Mm-hmm. And of uh, course, used, like
9: <coughs> white wine always tastes different than than red wine. So you don't you don't necessarily start off with like a dry red wine. Because you can't you can't I, really put it if you put oof. it in the refrigerator after you open it, it just becomes ruined. You gotta drink it at room temperature. You know? That's when it like Room temperature. Like. Yeah. So what you can start yeah. off with is, is a sangria, which is a sweeter wine and they have like fruit at the uh, bottom. You know?
8: Oh yeah. Some of them do, yeah, absolutely. Especially the homemade ones. You know, I, I don't practice sangria. You know what? I don't practice sangria. I ain't got no crystal ball. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> oh, oh, How dare sorry. you not have sorry. a
9: crystal ball, man? You need to like have a crystal ball so that you can see my thoughts before I fucking have them. All right.
8: Yeah. Or very least, I can see uh, Dorothy.
9: <laughs> right.
8: You know, Auntie M, Auntie M, where are you?
10: I'll the, get you, my pretty, and your little dog too.
8: Yes, crystal ball. <laughs> Surrender Dorothy Who's Dorothy? Actually, she doesn't say that Oh, that's right <laughs> I, I wish I could remember more from that film I'm going to have to see it again It's You know, it's weird, because it's like, you know how there are movies you watch when you're a kid And then, like, you see them so many times And then you see them to the point where it's like You pretty much recite them as you're watching them You can recite them with your friends And then, like, you know, time goes by and it's like Oh, what was that line again? There was the mother puss bucket That was something And <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Ray I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought and things like that but then it's like oh god I used to be able to do the you know call uh, from from end to end ghostbusters you know mm-hmm. and uh, but now it's like uh, 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 I mean I could get about the same amount of ghostbusters remembered as I could say big trouble in little china which I also watched a lot
9: oh I used to watch that well, movie back to, like to the all future the fucking time the movie was the shit it was pretty Especially good like in yeah. the it was one of later. the better um. So, Mr. Uh, what was, what was that, that old man's name in the movie? It was like Mr. Wong or some shit. It was Egg, it, Egg Chen. Chen. He was like, so, Mr. Egg Chen, how am I supposed to believe yeah. everything you say? And he's like, oh, you want proof? Yeah, hmm. proof. And he, like, fucking puts huh. his fucking hands up and, like, the fucking, like, he was, like, fucking Lord Raiden in that fucking moment. The fucking electricity and shit. He goes, see, that was nothing.
8: <laughs> But that's always how it starts. Yep, very very
2: small. small. That was uh, our esteemed associate producer, Tyson Saner, and our esteemed loyal listener, Hunter Block, together again for the first time in a, uh, well, actually, they're into their, uh, I think they're into their teen episodes at this point. And that was a piece of the anti-social show. You can find it up on SoundCloud. I don't think they've uh, started putting it, Onto um, iTunes yet? I'm not sure. I'll check it out. You should too. But anyway, I know they're up on SoundCloud, and there's a, uh, of course, a link to their episode—the one you just heard—right on SuccotashShow.com. So look for it in our latest blog spot. All right. Before we go any further along on our episode 149 adventure of Succotash clips, let's listen to this important word from our sponsor.
1: This is the sound of power. This is the sound of confidence. This is the sound of style. This is the sound of liberty. This is the sound of security. This is the sound of Henderson's Pressure Cooker Pants. In today's world, the simple act of living your life can unexpectedly lead to serious, even lethal consequences. That's why you need Henderson's Pressure Cooker Pants. The power of heavy-duty stainless steel plating combined with the flexibility of airtight silicone gasket sealants create a fit that's comfortable, stylish, and able to withstand near-field medium to moderate explosions without missing a step. Fight back. Put the power of the pressure cooker to work for you. With Henderson's DHS approval pending pressure cooker pants, slacks, and athletic wear. Originally designed for executive chef assistants, marathon runners, and the military, Henderson's pressure cooker pants are available wherever fine culinary accessories and Army surplus and survival gear are available. That's Henderson's, cooking up the best in protective fashion wear since 1863. And now, back to more of Suckatash.
2: That's our announcer friend, Bill Haywatt, and his melodious pipes. I keep talking to him about trying to get back into the Studio P wet bar for an installment of Boozin' with Bill, which we haven't done for a really long time, but our sponsor, as it turns out, Old Man Henderson from Henderson's Pants, is not only a teetotaler, but is also Bill's sponsor, so to speak. So it gets a little sticky when it comes to flinging around the old boozerino. So let's just say we are still in negotiations. Another one of Tyson's clips is the nerd blitz with doom and Fitz. Now, if you're a really regular listener of this show of succotash, you might remember that Fitz uh, was one half of the jump to the end soundcast, which we featured back in epi 71 in 2013. You might remember it. I didn't. But Tyson did, which is one of the many reasons we keep him around. Their tagline for the nerd blitz is real nerds talking real nerdy shit. And the real nerdy shit in this clip is from their epi 20 entitled Turkey Baster or three way where they discuss the Hobbit and the other Tolkien films while playing battleship.
11: I can take a shot real quick because as we just realized, we're still fucking playing battleship, man. Mm-hmm. This is like our fifth or sixth episode with this shit. Yeah.
12: Um, if it doesn't end this time, I'm going to concede it. I'm going to concede defeat. <laughs> i'm just gonna friendly fire sink my own ship
11: uh, cool um <laughs> i'm gonna go with c10
12: miss fuck
11: there was something else i wanted to ask you about it's something i think we've sort of talked about in the past and i hadn't mm-hmm. seen it at that point okay and i have seen it now so i wanted to know what you thought have you seen the hobbit movies
12: i i saw the first one I saw the first one in the theater and i We never made it back to see the other ones. I haven't seen them on video.
11: Oh, you haven't?
12: No. You've seen all of them?
11: Yeah, they had them at Walmart for $12 each. Wow. The extended cuts, too. Oh, yeah? Yes. So, over like three nights this past week, me and Ma have watched them. Yeah. I mean, people gave those movies a lot of shit because, you know, they split the shortest book into three movies. Yeah. But holy fuck, dude.
12: Yeah, it was good. The, the the one I saw was good. It was it was long. Yeah. <laughs> and it it had it had a lot of felt a little repetitious sometimes cuz there were so many false endings I thought like where where it felt like it was the end of the movie but it really wasn't. And then you go on to the next thing that feels like it's the end of the movie. Well, I mean wasn't. that
11: was just like Return of the King. Yeah. Cuz that yeah. I mean I think Kev did a bit on it. That movie just kept fucking ending and ending and ending and ending yeah and then they all got on a fucking boat, and that was just like, huh?
12: yeah, well, I knew it wasn't over till the boat happened, so
11: was that in the book? Yeah, what the fuck was that about?
12: that's um that's where the the elves, when they grow tired of the human world uh, or the world of man, yeah, they get on these boats and they they return to their I guess ancestral home or whatever they're where they come from they call it the gray havens and it's um that's where they go and they can live forever, okay. Where they're they're immortal in that land?
11: Oh, because in the movie that was fucking stupid.
12: Oh well, yeah, because I mean you don't you don't know what it means, really.
11: Yeah, they don't explain it. It's just everybody gets happy and gets on a boat.
12: Yeah, really, it's like it's almost to me. It always felt like it was symbolic of um of death. Like that's you, they're basically died in this world and are going to elf elf heaven.
11: Yeah, yeah, because I always wondered. I always wondered about that, and it was like, well, can't Frodo come back and visit Sam and them?
12: No, once you go back, I mean, once you go there, you don't come back. Okay. That boat That boat only goes one way.
11: <laughs> okay, then.
12: Yeah, which is which is why it's so um, powerful that they let, or so meaningful that they let Bilbo and Frodo go on the boat with the elves, because nobody gets to go on the boat yeah. but the elves. Okay. But because they did so much and, and gave up so much of them, their life. Yeah to destroy that ring or whatever. They were just like, here, let's uh, throw him
11: a bone. Yeah. I gotcha. You. you take a shot real quick and then I'll go into a bit more on Hobbit.
12: Okay. Um, D10. That
11: is a miss. Um. E1. Miss. Fuck. So we watched all three of the fucking Hobbit movies mm-hmm. three nights in a row. And like, yeah, they probably didn't need to make three movies, but since they did... And there was a lot of it that I was like, huh, that doesn't seem familiar. Huh, that doesn't seem familiar. But what they ended up doing was like really using those three movies to bridge the gap between Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Because as I said, it felt like two different writers wrote Hobbit and then Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because it felt like two different stories. And then it's like, oh, yeah, the Bilbo guy that was in the other one, he's in this too for like a minute. Well, they really, really fucking spent a lot of time setting up Lord of the Rings. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Hobbit book, did they really talk about Sauron coming back?
12: I don't think so. I don't think they talked about it at all.
11: Exactly. I didn't remember it either. But, like, that's a huge subplot of these three movies.
12: Oh, really? Yeah.
11: It's That's when they fucking realize, oh, shit, this dude's back. He's gaining mm. strength. He's gaining
2: power. I believe that clip fulfills their description on their about page from their home site, which goes, quote, The Nerd Blitz is a sometimes funny, occasionally insightful, usually crude podcast, unquote. You can grab yourself some over at that home site, nerdblitz.wordpress.com, or work your way outward from there to all of those places that you get podcasts from. One of my rules on Succotash is that we feature clips. We don't play promos. Because any show can play another show's promos. But we do sample and listen and evaluate before we harvest your clips. Unless, of course, you directly upload a clip to us at Hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Then we'll pretty much play whatever you give us. And that holds true in this case for an old friend of the show, Christine Blackburn, co-host of the Storyworthy podcast, along with her partner in crime, Hannes Finney. Here's their latest promo.
13: Hey, I'm Christine Blackburn, and I'm the host of Storyworthy, also on the Wondery Network. If you like shows like The Moth and This American Life, you'll love Storyworthy. Each week, one of Hollywood's most interesting talents shares a true personal story, like actor Dave Keckner talking about his high school reunion.
4: When you're a senior, uh, you go paint the bridge, the uh, railroad underpass about a mile outside
2: of town. You paint your high school year there. And I'm out there by myself trying to keep one eye on traffic and shake these spray paint cans. And also, I'm trying to... It's dark. I can't see anything. And then I'm, I've got my uh, my phone,
13: my iPhone out, and I'm trying to push the, uh, the light, the whatever, flashlight app. But my battery's dying. Or listen as comedian Todd Glass talks about accidentally drugging his mother-in-law.
4: All of a sudden, my friend Gina goes... She goes... Did she have any of those pot cookies? And I'm like, shut the fuck up.
13: There's also true personal stories that are often taboo, like with comedian Heather McDonald. There's been one story that I've hinted at or talked about, and that is my tumultuous relationship with my sister. And I've never told it. I've never written about it in my books. I don't talk about it in my stand-up and stories about dealing with family members in crisis that are often hilarious, like with actor Toby Huss. Elma, do you know
7: what the tank was set at? And she goes, I don't remember. Okay, but it's uh, it's kind of important. I go, Mom, it's really important that you remember. What Do you remember what the guy said, what number he said it was set on? And my mom looks at the lady and gets a mean look on her face, and this is her fucking response to what this oxygen is
13: this keeping her alive do you remember what it was said on elma she looks at the lady and goes ding dong again if you like true stories subscribe to Storyworthy, and thanks
2: pretty much all the info you need about finding Storyworthy was in that promo what wasn't in there is that christine is planning to bring the show to san francisco this summer sometime i think in june I'm trying to help her find a venue to do it in and maybe some folks to do their stories. So keep your ears peeled for more details or find your way to the story worthy site and she'll probably have more details up there. I've got a chunk from a new soundcast that's only been out a few weeks called Good One in which the host Jesse David Fox plays a joke or a bit from a comedian then has the comic on to deconstruct the bit where it came from, what it's about, how it was developed and why. I'm going to have Jesse on in an upcoming episode of Succotash Chats, which should be both illuminating and fun. He and I go back a ways to when he was an editor at Splitsider.com, and he reached out to ask me if I'd like to start reviewing podcasts for a new column they were doing called This Week in Comedy Podcasts. I said, sure. He said, great. And then he left after a year or so. He's now the editor of Vulture.com, uh, the website part or a website part of New York Magazine. A recent episode of Good One features Jesse's visit with Weird Al Yankovic to talk about his song "Word Crimes," a parody of Robin Thicke's 2013 "Blurred Lines." In this clip, they get into the weeds a bit about the intricacies of doing parody right.
14: Obviously, nature nomenclature rhyme mm-hmm. is. Do you try to have certain hooks like that in there that are essentially, you know, essentially directly as in so much as "Blurred Line" rhymes with "Word Crimes," mm-hmm. have those sort of inner parity. It's not absolutely
10: essential, but if you can make it work, there's something in the back of your brain that makes you... Makes you lock in a little bit more with your original yeah. songs. So it, make, it makes it a little bit funnier. Yeah, the, cl- the closer you can keep to it, keep to the original source material while while tweaking it to a whole different subject matter.
14: I, I think that that makes the comedy play better. Yeah, it's something that probably people don't notice happens because they unless they have the lyrics in front of them, they're not right. lining it up.
10: They, they, they might not even be consciously aware of it,
14: but they somewhere in their brain they're thinking, oh yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. And then, how important is trying to match syllables? That I think is pretty important. I mean, I, I hear uh,
10: a lot of kind of amateurish parody writers that try to like jam too many syllables into a line, or not enough, or and, and this is a big pet peeve when they when they just don't get the accents right. I mean, just getting the exact right number of syllables isn't enough. I mean, there's a meter, there's a yeah. musical rhythm to every line, and <laughs> if you get the accent
14: on the wrong syllable,
10: it's not <laughs> yeah.
14: it doesn't flow that well another passage which is you want to hug me hey 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 what rhymes with hug me so that is another the probably the second probably biggest part of this Do right, right. to remember writing what you're you know yours ended up being it's a contraction hey 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 what's a contraction right. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny even reading them out like that is funny that is definitely different um and this you know obviously contraction is a different word than want to hug me but do you remember the process of contraction.
10: Okay, I've got this in front of me now. I haven't looked at this stuff since I wrote the song, however many years ago that was. This is just uh, potential <laughs> concepts, and this is going down a list of like really horrible word yeah, rhymes. <laughs> horrible oh, ideas that I had. Dessert line, abs- absurd mimes, absurd fines, it's about a guy who hates the airlines. I mean, these, you know, songs that would not have been as good. Okay, so so this is the the finished version. This is this is sort of how I write with the original oh, lines right. on the left and uh, my potential uh, lyrics on the right, and then underneath that, I've got like variations on oh, yeah. every line. You know, and it, it, a lot of them are just small iterations. But yeah. so yeah, I, I guess I guess I kind of locked in on it being a contraction joke. Pretty early on, then I ju- it was all just like variations on how I was going to define contraction. So
14: that's so that was the, the second question, which is, I believe that I can't. that's not in the original song where you explain what a contraction is. Right. Because in She Doesn't Say What Roger Hug Me, it, no, right. famously, and then, so but what was the decision to essentially put your own spin on it to actually explain what a
15: contraction is?
10: Well, I, I think if you ask a question like, what's a contraction in a educational song, you need to then give the definition. Yeah. And there was sort of like some kind of vocal riff that, hey, hey, hey.
14: And I think, why did I need that? We'll just, <laughs> we'll just throw in the, the definition of a contraction. Was that part of it? I, now, I didn't even think about that, like, that in some way it's in the universe of Schoolhouse rocking it in that it's, like, educational. Because especially the hey, hey, hey!" yes yeah. feels like a kid's cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, Again, I mean that was my
10: my main uh uh intent in writing the song was to provide schoolhouse rock but um you know it's i, I did want it to be correct and and uh, informative yeah. for people and you know the the same way that people on the internet will correct other people's grammar this is meant to be i I kind of saw this as being something that we get forwarded to people that <laughs> could use a few grammar lessons.
2: I reviewed that very episode this past week for Cider and there's a link to that review on the blog post for this show at our home site, com. You can find and follow Good One on Laughable, iTunes, and even on the New York Magazine website. Let me ask you this. If you had an internet show called Yacht Rock and then wanted to expand on that premise, what might you call it? If you answered Beyond Yacht Rock... You'd be right. Subtitled Uncharted Journeys into Arbitrary Genres, it's hosted by J.D. Riznar, David B. Lyons, Hollywood Steve Huey, and Hunter Stare. Their music creds are a little questionable at best. Riznar is a Hollywood writer, Lyons is a location manager. Huey used to write for AllMusic.com and was on VH1, so he's probably the most tune-worthy of the quartet, while Huns- uh, Hunter Stair is, well, He's from Flint, Michigan. Enough said. This clip's from Epi Six, entitled "Divorce Core." It's from over uh, a little over a year ago. Beyond
16: Yacht Rock. So every week we started off by giving you the Yacht Rock Bone Throw because we did make the internet show Yacht Rock, and it's the only reason you're listening to us. Today's Yacht Rock song was selected by Steve Huey. Tell us about this song, Steve. Well, J.D., the theme for this week is Divorce Car, and
15: if you want the ultimate Yacht Rock album that could also be considered Divorce Car, you're going to go for Bill LeBounty's self-titled 1982 album. This is a song called Living It Up for Song on the Album. And this is... uh. This is a song where a recently divorced man tries to unconvincingly talk himself into the idea that he's better off now. I go, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun, doing crazy things.
16: That there's a lot of Christopher Cross in this song. Do you
11: guys hear Christopher Cross in this? There's a
16: influence. Yeah, I mean it's a yacht rock song. It's got that bounce, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's kind it's a, a little, little
15: close. Some to Christopher, Christopher Cross. There's a poor in this. There's a thing. There.
16: Now, to me, this isn't a song about a divorce. It's a song about a, how sad and lonely douchebags are, like when they don't have other other people around to be hot shots, you know, in front of. This is like sociology porn for awkward nerds that have no desire to be winners. This could I mean, be a song coming out of a bachelor apartment. To be fair, he does kind of look like an awkward nerd on the
15: cover of his album, but the first line of the song is how he's picking his heart up off the floor after his divorce. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And this I mean, is this is Yacht Rock. This is the kind of thing where, like, like the, just because of the way the music sounds, it seems like the living it up is more like his friends felt sorry for him and invited him to a wine and cheese party where the guests are all almost all married couples and they have a quiet conversation at the end. Of it. Yeah, it was it was really nice to see you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should uh, we should do this again sometime. Yeah, yeah, totally. Why it's, do you get that impression? Because he says, in, in I think it's in the second verse, he says it's uh, he's fine as long as he's not left alone.
16: Yeah, this song is so sad. Like, hey, I got a calling service now. I got a, I got a fancy new clothes. I've got a hi-fi.
15: That's why he drops in a line about uh,
16: uh, women and wine. Yeah. Oh, and he feels so sad inside. This, listen, this is going to be a sad show today. It is yeah. really depressing. Yeah. Let's this
12: guy, this guy could use the uh, spank
15: line.
16: Oh, that's that's a Sammy Hagar song. A callback talking from last yeah. week. Yeah, listen to last week's episode to get that. Yeah. All right, anyway, <laughs> this is a good song. I'm gonna listen to it all the time now. Living it up by Bill La- the Bounty. All right. Well, today's show, the, the uh, genre is called divorce core. So, what what pops into your head when you hear the word divorce?
15: Uh, for me, uh, the fact that I'm lucky that I'm one of the one of what what there's four of us in the room, three of us. Our parents are still happily married,
16: is that right? I don't know about happily, but, but they're married. certainly married. married. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, what do you think of when you think of divorce?
15: It's kind of an abstraction that happens to other people, because my parents are still together and I've never been married.
2: They've probably learned a thing or two since uh, Epi 6. They are now Beyond Yacht Rock and over 50 episodes. So check them out over on Feral Audio, Laughable, PodBay, Spotify, and more. We have our second and final burst of Durst for this episode coming up in just a moment. But first, in the last episode of this show, which was Suckatash Chats number 148, I said I was going to shut down the Tweet Sack segment because we just haven't been getting that many emails or tweets that required some kind of public forum. But let me open this bag. I am going to let Tweety out. There you go, boy, for this episode, because Tyson discovered that a recent episode of the Just in Time Soundcast thanked us for clipping them a few episodes ago. So I thought I'd play it here because I love playing clips from shows where they mention us.
17: So it was the second big news, Succotash Review. Succotash Review, yes. Uh, if, you've ever, if you've never heard of Succotash, check them out. The Comedy Soundcast, Soundcast. Yeah, they find some of the best comedy soundcasts out there, or podcasts, whichever one you want to see. They find some of the best ones, they got some clip shows, and you know, they got a blog about it and whatnot. For and, uh us and IE, it would be like listening to the 5 o'clock funnies. Yeah, it was that was awesome for us, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, their executive producer, Tyson Sainer, uh, followed us on, hell, on a lot of stuff, actually. He liked our Facebook page and shit, and yeah, found out why. It's cause they actually, yeah, they had, they featured a clip of us on their, on their podcast. You can check it out. Well, cool. hell, I've posted the link on the Facebook page. You can find it on the Facebook page pretty fucking easy. It's only a couple posts down. Oh, thank you, Tyson, for finding us. Yeah. And, and also? They had, a, they had a nice description about us, too, on there. This week it's <laughs> gonna
9: be just one of those, ha! Ah, fuck you, Pip! Yeah. We had a good week.
17: Yeah. Pip, yeah, Pip doesn't win this week. Well, so I, he won't I, be. Fe- I, pip, won't, pip doesn't have to be featured this week. Next week, if we we have we have tons of hate mail from Pip. So he, <laughs> he really sends that shit on a right regular. Yeah, there. we'll re- we'll return to the Pip readings next week. Maybe but two for three right times now, a day. We're we're gonna ride on a little bit of a happy high. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. So yeah, Psychotash. They had us on. They had well, they had a clip of us on there from our which episode was that fifty four? The uh, legal butt, legal butt bush in the middle
0: of the biodome.
17: That. W- Honestly, that was more Beautiful. funny than the clip to me, honestly. The guy, the host that was reading it, uh, Mark Sherman, or not Sherman, I have to check my fucking file. <laughs> I have it down, the- no, I have, yeah, uh, cause I had downloaded the episode and shit, uh, of course you're gonna download, uh, where is it at? Is yeah,
16: it? sometimes at? you just wanna be like Kanye. Mark
17: Hershon. Hershon. Hershon or Hershon. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool hearing like a, a host who is definitely way more professional than us. And yeah, he actually uh, gave a little description on us, talking about uh, what was it? How there's nothing really known about us, apparently. Yeah, there's not. We're
9: an enigma (laughs) throughout the podcasting community.
17: Yeah, which is, I guess, the weirdest thing about us, because well, it's because we don't promote so much, a lot, very much, within personal social media.
2: As I mentioned just a short time ago, our last episode was a Succotash chat show. That featured my conversation with Jimmy Pardo. We were talking a bit about his at then-upcoming 8th Annual Pardcast-a-thon. That happened uh, weekend before last. It seems it was a great success, as they ended up raising over 145000 bucks. Some of Jimmy's guests, and he wasn't allowed to reveal this because of some exclusive he had with the AV Club, Stupid AV club. Anyway, his guests were Lauren Ash, John Cryer, Paul Gill Andy Richter, Sarah Silverman, Scott Ackerman, Richard Kind, John Hamm, Kumail Nanjani, Paul F. Tompkins, Kira Sultanovich. Andy Daly and Todd Levin. Uh and that was just part of the crew. They had a ton of people over there and you can still kick in and help out their Smile Train. That's the charity they're benefiting by getting the audio and video of the podcastathon for just 19.99 at nevernotfunny.com. And that of course is the name of uh, Jimmy's podcast, Never Not Funny. So get up there to uh nevernotfunny.com and get yourself that video and audio and help out a good cause. Chris Revel, host of the Let's Chat podcast, just tweeted a thank you for turning him onto Jesse David Fox's Good One Soundcast, which you would, he had read about in my Split Splitsider review. Now he says he's in love with the show. Well, you're welcome, Chris. We're happy to spread the word. That's what we do. And you, of course... Need to keep on passing the Succotash, which you always do so well. So thank you, Chris. And that's really it for the Tweet Sack. Until you decide you want to email me at markmarc at succotashshow.com or send me a direct message at show on Twitter. If we are not currently following you, but you are following us, complain about that in a tweet, and we will fix that immediately so you can DM me. Okay. Happily, we are continuing our cavalcade of gratitude for those who are kind enough to mention Succotash in their tweets, retweets, follows, likes, hearts, thumbs up, and so forth. So let's go. Back by a tune from our associate producer, Tyson Sainer, Michael Leal, Ben Tippett, Podcast Booster Bot, Leray McGarland, FH8YQ, Simran Varjezi, Typical Daddy Pod. Podcast Madness, Jimmy Pardo, Kevin McDonald, Rita Ballou, BS Podcast Network, Dave in the Cave, Casanade, Thunder Taco Soundcast, Agata, Good Morning You Drunks, Kyle Andrews, Super Pee Time, Cinderella rate Anok. The Angry Chimp Podcast, Strange Times Soundcast, Emerson Biggins, Those People Podcast, Penny Carr. DJS, Junior Intern, Constant Struggle Podcast, Illusionoid, John Eder, Casa Mirth, Liz Lulu, 288 Podcast, Spare Men, Radio Tatas, Shirley Merchantson, Marsive, Smile Train, Salty Language Podcast, Podcast Whore, and Pastor John Price. All right, take it away,
4: Mr. Durst. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about just making stuff up. It's all the rage now, and we have President Donald J. Trump to thank for raising the practice of tossing out baseless allegations to an art form. He proved an expert on the campaign trail, managing to deflect criticism with various nefarious claims, such as the father of an opponent murdered JFK. Accepting blame is so 2015. Whenever you get in trouble, wave a bright shiny object, throw it into a corner and yell, Hey, what's that over there? Recently, the new president accused the old president, Barack Hussein Obama, of wiretapping Trump Tower before the election with absolutely no proof at all. Even Trump's own staff said, Huh? What? Then they went on television and lobbed sparkly Christmas ornaments at cameramen and production assistants. James Clapper, the former director of National Intelligence, which is starting to sound like an oxymoron, denied that any surveillance was authorized, but proving a negative is like throttling a shadow. This fabrication deflection works for President Trump because the media has the attention span of a hover of hummingbirds in a greenhouse on Blossom Day but it can work in real life as well. Think grade school and get creative. Tell the boss that the report is overdue because it was eaten by a pack of wild Tanzanian pigs that have overrun your backyard. Even if you live in a high-rise, caught with someone else's wallet, you weren't stealing, only attempting to protect their possessions from other unscrupulous persons by hiding the money in your back pocket for safekeeping. Does your spouse have naked photos of you in the arms of another? Total misunderstanding. This unfortunate person was suffering from hypothermia, and you were simply applying life-restoring body heat. As Nike used to say, just do it. For succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst.
2: Thank you, Will. Find more of Durst, his writing, and his appearance dates at his home site, willdurst.com. If you'd like to help support our humble podcast, it's so easy. Get over to our home site, com, and from there, you can do one of three things. Click on the Donate button, use our Amazon banner to do your shopping online, or even perch some merch from our Suckatashery. I'll leave it all up to you. Do any of those three things, or all of those three things, and it helps us out. Helps us keep the lights on, helps us keep our Libsyn account open, on and on, all sorts of things I shell out for myself all right that's all she wrote when it comes to succotash clips epi 149 it's been a pleasure serving you we hope to see you again and remember always to please pass the succotash
4: goodbye
1: You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast, Soundcast, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and. Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at suckatashshow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, and on, ha ha ha, the laughable app. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at Or call into the Suckatash Hotline at our non-toll free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com. Com slash you slash Suckatash. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash. Goodbye. Everybody shut up